Um, I'm going to ask you to turn to your Bibles, if you have them, or your app on your phone. If you would pull that out, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Reading from uh, the New International Version this morning. I've entitled the sermon, Integrity, an Inside Job. Integrity is an inside job, not an outside thing. I'm going to read the Word. We're going to skip around a couple of places. I'm going to read the first eight verses of chapter 12 and then uh, some verses in chapter 13. And I have about 20 minutes to get in about a 45-minute set of topics. You'll have to pray for me. Um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, sisters, in the view of God's mercy. Is He merciful? What? Uh, you got to understand something about me. I'm a teacher, and I need, I need response back, so I know you're actually a, a listening. Um, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Paul is speaking to all of us, you and me, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Isn't that a hoot? Think about that for a moment. We belong to each other. We have differing gifts according to the grace given us, If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to the proportion of his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Reading through verse 9 all the way through the end of that chapter, there's a lot of things that Paul talks about, about love, and we'll get back to that. But verse 8 of chapter 13, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Think about that for a moment. Integrity. Throughout the Bible, we encounter individuals who struggle with integrity in their lives, and yet God still used them. I can think of a few. King David. Rapist. Adulterist. Murderer. Wow. And yet... Jesus came out of the line of David. How about King Solomon, who was given and granted to be the wisest man in the world? By the way, I'm not one. 
I, I, I can only tell you what the scripture says. I am not wise enough. But King Solomon was the wisest, and yet he was foolish. He didn't even follow the wisdom that God gave him. I mean, who marries 300 women and has 700 concubines anyway? Uh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, I, I have enough just loving one. I don't know about you. <laughs> Abraham, who couldn't wait for God's promise, had to, I don't know, do it all by himself. <laughs> and look where that got him. Uh, we still have a war between Ishmael and Isaac till, still to this day in the Middle East, if you didn't know where that came from. How many years ago was that? Four or 5,000 years ago? It's still, we are still seeing the result of Abraham's sin, and yet God used him. There are others who exemplify the essence of integrity, however, as we look at the Scripture. One of those that comes to mind is Joseph, the story of Joseph. Isn't that a great story? Or Gideon, my, one of my favorite Old Testament figures, Gideon, who was a farmer scared of the Midianites, and he was winnowing wheat. How many of you know what that is? Some of you don't know what winning... Okay, so here's what happened in the past. So you got to understand the scripture. They would take wheat and you had to winnow the wheat, meaning you had to break it up and you had to throw it in the air so the wind could blow away the chaff, which is actually the outside kernels, the little piece that holds the kernel and the seed in. And then he was in a wine press. You know what that is? That's a big hole in the ground. And he is trying to winnow. I don't know. How do you do that? There's no wind in a hole. And he is so scared, he is winnowing wheat, and then all of a sudden, while he's in it, winnowing wheat in the middle of the desert in a hole in the ground, just picture that for a moment, an angel of the Lord came and sat upon the side of the winepress and said, greetings, O thou great warrior. <laughs> Think about that. Wow. And Gideon was so enamored and yet so afraid, he three times put a fleece out to God to make sure what God was calling him to through this angel was actually God and not some um, hoax on his life. Gideon, essence of integrity. Integrity is the fundamental quality that guides our thoughts, words, and actions. It calls us to align our behavior with our core values and principles. As a therapist, pastor, whatever you want to call me, um, I have all kinds of credentials. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the reality here is integrity is the ability to have an understanding and a conscious in choice of your values and following God's principles to make decisions in your life so that your behavior, your words, your actions align with your values. That's integrity. No matter the circumstance, no matter the temptation, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what happened to you when you were growing up, no matter what you were taught or weren't taught, no matter, it's understanding that there's values that God gives us and says, are you going to value what God values? Let that set in for a bit. Do you value what God values? 
And do you understand God's principles? Here's something I tell my counselors in training. I tell them all the time that your emotions are simply information, not instructions. Yeah. Your emotions are just simply information about you, not instructions as to what to do. That's the truth. In our culture today, integrity is missing because we have so many people following their emotions and not their values. Which are you? Do you let your emotions run your life, make decisions for you? When's the last time you felt all upset about something and acted out in a way that was unloving? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise mine first. Well, we're not perfect, but God can still use you. Integrity is the essential, is essential for personal growth and development of a strong character, building trust in relationships. It is the foundation upon which we establish our credibility and by which we gain respect as a result from others. When we act with integrity, we inspire others to do the same and create a positive ripple effect that can transform not only your life, but your family and your community for the kingdom of God. For when you act out your values and your principles and you are consistent in your life, people see that and that is different than the world. Someone once said that integrity is acting out your values even when no one is looking. Because integrity is an inside job. It's about this and this. The closer your words and actions match, the more you and others can trust you. Notice what I just said. The more you and others can trust you. Sometimes I ask myself when I ask others the question, can you trust yourself? I can't. Under certain circumstances, I can't trust me at all. It is only by the grace of God, following God's values and principles, and making good choices that I can trust me and you can trust me. That's integrity. So what does the scripture say? Well, I read the scripture here. I've, there's, I've got all kinds of stuff, and that's just my introduction. I haven't even got to my points, and now I only have about 10 minutes. So I'm going to go fast. You have some fill-ins. Character is about managing your life well. Character is developed through being tested, especially in the face of adversity and difficulty. James says, count it as pure joy when trials and tribulations come against you. For the testing of your faith will, will develop perseverance. And perseverance, when it completes its work, where? Within you, not outside of you. Within you, you will not lack any good thing. That's a great promise. But notice the process. Notice the process. It tests your faith, develops perseverance. Perseverance, by the way, is a principle of God. You can find it all over the scripture to persevere. I think of uh, Second, uh, Tim, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses, verse 5 and 6. talks about perseverance as well, as well as James chapter 1, where I just quoted from. It's adherence to your principles when they are tested in what defines character. 
Character refers to a person's moral, ethical qualities, values, and behaviors. It relates to an individual's personality, integrity, honesty, and overall moral compass. I don't know if I'm hitting all those or not, but you got all the, the words, so if I hit them, great. Um, I made that up so you can follow because typically I get off script. Credentials, on the other hand, are a person's qualifications, achievements, and certifications and documentation. And credentials are transient. In other words, as you grow and learn and as our culture continuously increases knowledge, do you know how much knowledge increases? It doubles every three to six months. Therefore, all your credentials have to continuously grow because they're transient, because there's no new and new information. By the way, even the information that we know is probably less than 1% of what God knows. They're transient, where character is permanent. God's values are permanent. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Credentials turn to the focus to the rights earned, or what we call, we might call entitlement. You have to keep, you have to keep up with me. You have to keep clicking. Because I have, I have automated some of those things. Um, credentials turn the focus to rights earned, where character focuses on our responsibilities. Not our responsibilities that are shoulds, because shoulds are not good, by the way. I tell my counselors all the time, shoulds are not good. I tell my clients, shoulds are not good. Don't should on yourself. Shoulds are not good. Because God, Jesus, died and resurrected, and he completed all the commands, yes? So we don't have to follow them. So shoulds are no longer necessary. We have the Spirit of God in us so that we can overcome our flesh. We don't have to follow a bunch of rules. Thank God because I would break them all the time because uh, I don't like rules. (laughs) How many of you are like me? Come on, dare raise your hand. I do not like rules. I am, I avoid rules. And in fact, if someone tells me I have to do something, you know what I'll probably do? Not do it. Stubborn, yes. It's a great quality. Unless you have no limits on it. Can I say that again? Stubbornness is a great quality. You know why stubbornness is a great quality? Because I can tell you what, you, it, once I'm convinced of what God says, nobody, 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 nothing is ever going to convince me otherwise. I stubbornly hold to the truth of God. I don't care what people say. Of course, at my age, I really don't care what other people think either. Character. Character keeps us focused on our responsibilities. Credentials look at the past where character builds legacy for the future. The scripture even says that. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, if you have time. Uh, credentials are concerned with image, and character concerned with the heart. As we read in chapter 12. It's by grace given you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has given you. For each of us have received a measure of faith to even believe in God. That was a gift. 
In summary, character focuses on the person's core values and moral attributes, while credentials emphasize the qualifications and documented evidence. Credentials without character will produce arrogance. The second point is integrity commits itself to love over law. We read that here. I'm going to quickly go through this. I have seven different Greek words uh, that are not up here, and I'm just going to run through them. Um, some of you know some of them, some of you haven't, but this comes from a Koinia Greek. Some of them are in the Bible, most of them are not. But here are some different words for the different aspects that convey different aspects of love. We got agape. That is, of course, God's love right, for us. It's actually a noun form. Then there's philia, which represents friendship or affectionate love for those, a deep bond of camaraderie. Then there is eros, which is the word that is about passionate love, right? We get our word erotic from, right? It's about physical love. And then in the scripture, there's another word called ilios, which translates into mercy or compassion. And when you find that the scripture says that Jesus stood before Jerusalem and he, he had that love, it's the ilios, the compassion that he had on his people and their lostness. And then there's one that's called epithemia, which is a strong emotional desire. So it has to do with emotions, the emotional connection. And then there is another word of agape that is agapeo, which is the noun form of, or the action of love. So we have God's love, noun, and then he uses that in 1 Corinthians, Paul uses that agapeo as the action of being. Because of God's love in us, we can then act out that love in our life, which is what he called us to here, which you read, I read in Romans chapter 12. I encourage you just to sit and read Romans 12 and 13 and really study it and look at the whole concept that he calls to us to love over law. The law has been fulfilled by God's loving us. For God, agapeo, God acted in love and gave his only begotten son. He acted. Paul enumerates the truth that love is the core of the law. If you love, you have fulfilled the law. It is impossible to love God and not love his people. Can I say that again? It is impossible to say you love God and don't love his people. It is impossible to say agape, I love God, noun, and you do not agapeo his people. You don't act in love towards. If you say in a noun form, oh yeah, I love God's people, I love God, I love everybody, I love, I love, I love, that's a noun form, but it doesn't reduce it to action until it gets here in the heart, and God says that love from God then produces an action of agapeo love. In summary, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your neighbor as yourself is the principle of the law of Christ as recorded by Matthew and Mark. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 39, Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Paul states that we are not to go back to the law, which is back to slavery. But to be in freedom in Christ is to love him and to agapeo, love each other in action. Hmm. My, next, my third point is integrity commits itself to service over power. Let me just quickly give you the three points, and then I have five different uh, signs of uh, differences between service over power. And uh, I'm almost out of time. 
We are called into the service of the king, not ourself. That's point number one. Point number two, we are called to use our gifts for the body, not for our power or position. Number three, we are called to serve, set apart to serve as our spiritual worship to whom? Uh, this is when you reply. To whom? Yeah, to God. So we are to serve the body of Christ, which is our spiritual worship to God. So every time you are serving, all those people that come here, that set up and all this stuff, that serve, and they don't, ha- they don't get paid for that, they are serving God, they're serving the family of God, and they are worshiping Him when they do so. If you want to have some place to worship God in another way, then by serve. Are you serving? So... There's five different points, and I'm going to go through them quickly because I don't have time to go in depth because I want to spend the last few seconds on the final point, which is the most important to me. So here's some differences. The focus is different. The motivation is different. Now, why is it different? Let me go back and say that there are two main differences between serving and seeking power. The focus is different. The motivation of the heart is different. The style, the leadership style is different. The impact on relationships is different, and the culture is vastly different. If we as a church in Radiant, if we are going to be set apart from the world, set apart unique as a church, as a body of Christ, worshiping Him, serving to glorify Him is our motive and our focus. I posted a meme and a story on Facebook this morning about that. If you're not on my Facebook, you probably didn't see it, but it's still there. Principles for living. My final point is principles for living with integrity. So in closing, how will you live with integrity? How will you develop integrity? I have six different ways that you can learn to develop integrity and character, love, and service in your life. And then I'm going to call you to a commitment at the end. Uh, that was just a warning. Because I've been praying all week, and I've been praying this morning, and the worship this morning is the Holy Spirit would come and begin to do something in your life and heart that's different and unique. To deliver us from things that get in the way, deliver us from ignorance, deliver us from un- not understanding what the Scripture calls us to, deliverance from our own self so that we may overcome the flesh and be what God calls us to be. When they asked me to actually preach, I thought about telling my testimony, but I thought that that would be too much focused on me and not enough on the Scripture. When I was 40, I did break my neck. Most of you may or may not know that. I am standing up here because of God's grace and mercy and because God gave a, a... a surgeon, the ability uh, to take the bone out of my neck, and I am walking and talking and can use my left arm, and I can move my neck because of that. I would not be here if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy. And the things that God taught me in that particular place of testing and tribulation, I I look at that and say, James comes to mind because one of my favorite verses, count it as pure joy. 
Now, I can't tell you in the midst of those seven days of the most immense pain that I've ever experienced in my entire life, probably by the seventh day, I could tell you that I was ready to say, God, just take me home. No pain medication, nothing the doctor gave me even began to touch the pain because I had a piece of bone that was pressed against my cervical nerve and my left arm and left side of my body was going numb. Praise God. I rejoice. What God taught me in that tribulation and through the perseverance of that for the next year and a half, God taught me things that I still remember and still live out today. I am not really sure that I would be here doing what I am doing and have the business that I have. It wasn't for what God taught me in that tribulation. I do not know how God paid our bills. I do not know how he, he helped us survive. I do not know. I can only say it was only by God's grace and mercy. And that's just one simple little story of my testimony. God and his power can deliver you from anything that stands in your way of him. Are you willing to commit yourself to commit yourself to God's values, God's character, not the world's, not yours? How do you develop that? Accountability. If you do not have accountability in your life, you will never, ever get where God wants you to be. Because you and I aren't aware enough of our own stuff and we are blinded by our own junk and the world that we don't even see ourselves as God sees us. Self-reflection and self-awareness. The Holy Spirit has to give you awareness and self-reflection so that you can reflect your thoughts. And Paul said this, take captive every thought that is contrary to the truth of the knowledge of God and make it submit. To whom? To God. His truth. Consistency. I tell people all the time in counseling, if you aren't consistent and persistent, then you will never, ever, ever get to where God has you or wants you or where you could be. Consistency and persistency in following the truth and building character, getting in the word, having accountability, asking people to be open and honest with you, knowing your own faults. By the way, if you want to know my faults, I, I, I'm, just ask me, don't ask somebody else. I can tell you. But thank God we, are, we can overcome through the power of God. Compassion and empathy. I tell people all the time, I, I am not the most, by nature, I am not the most empathetic person. And, and if you really wanted to get clarity on that, you could ask my wife, but please don't. I just tell you. I have learned empathy. God has put my wife in my life to help me understand the value and need for learning how to do empathy in my life. And by the way, even if you don't have naturally empathy by your personality and your upbringing, it doesn't not mean that the Holy Spirit can't teach you. It is no excuse, guys. Did you hear that? I'm speaking to you men. It's no excuse. Honesty and transparency. 
man, growing up in my life, there was no transparency. We, if things happened, we didn't talk about anything. It happened, some blew up, and then we just shoved it under the rug when I was growing up. We never talked about squat. No one said, we just need to talk about that. I got married, guess what I heard a lot? We need to talk about that. I'm going, talk about what? It just happened, it's over. Come on, we're on past that already. Hmm. No, we need some transparency in our lives. Whether you are willing to be transparent or not, God knows it all. So as you stand before God now or in eternity, you, your life will be completely transparent. Resisting temptation. Whew. Testing temptation can test our integrity and lead us astray from our moral compass and our values. Be aware of our vulnerabilities. Staying grounded in our values, we can resist the alluring compromising of our integrity. I haven't even read most of the things I have written here. But in conclusion, there is nothing wrong with credentials or education. I have lots of it. But it doesn't make me wise doesn't make me more valuable, doesn't make me better. It opens up doors in the world, but it doesn't open doors in God's kingdom. It's given me all kinds of opportunities in the world, but it didn't open up the kingdom gates. God has called us to have his character, his power, his love. Otherwise, we do what we do for our benefit and not for the kingdom of God. As followers, it is our commitment to live lives of integrity, to be a beacon of light in a world that often lacks moral clarity. I'm going to ask the singers to come up, worship team. Let us commit ourselves. Let us make a choice. Everything's a choice. Everything's a choice. Let's make a choice today to commit our lives to integrity, to growing character, to growing the ability to agapeo, act in love, our ability to choose to serve as our spiritual worship. Can we make that commitment? There's always a need. The scripture says the harvest is plenty. There is just more need for workers. May our lives at Radiant be a testament to the power of integrity to our culture, to our city, to our friends, our neighbor, 